Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Hey listeners, Um, I wanted to add this uh, special little intro before we start the podcast today just to say thank you for being here. So many of you have been here since the beginning and others, more of you are showing up new every week and I always tell everybody, take what you like from the podcast, leave the rest behind, share with friends. Um, there is a way for you to find what you're looking for. And if this is a piece of that puzzle for you, I am just so honored to be able to provide that. Many of you do um, reach out to me and schedule consult calls for one-to-one coaching. Many of you have also been looking for group programs. The only group program I run right now is a six-month program for people who really want to drive what they've learned from their abortion into something in the world. So a book, a business, a promotion, a relationship. Um, And that is not what a lot of you are looking for. Although for those of you who are, it's just phenomenal. But I wanted to jump on this um, special intro here just to say I heard you, I hear you, I'm always listening to you. In fact, this morning I spent time connecting with other professionals to reach, um, to fulfill some of the requests you've been sending me for the podcast. I'm so pumped to share those with you. Um, But I hear you and I kept asking myself at the end of last year, what what's the next step? What do we need? And I kept hearing the word together. And I hear that call that we that we want to do this work together. We want to not feel alone. We want to be in community with other human beings who've had abortions and understand the complexity of it. And so because of that, I decided not to launch a group program, but to launch a series of 10 workshops in 2021. So all 10 workshops are going to be an opportunity for us to come together, to learn something, to experience some group coaching, to um, try new tools, to get a, a taste of the experience of processing and working through and evolving um, after abortion. So those 10 workshops are going to be held, oh shoot, I should have this in front of me. I think it's the third Sunday of every month from February to November. You are welcome to join one workshop or all the workshops. You're welcome to join them one at a time as you see fit or as fits in your schedule. I do have them priced at a sliding scale um, for lots of reasons. So you're welcome to take advantage of that. And I also have a group discount for anyone who wants to purchase all 10 and just go for it and commit to meeting with me and whoever shows up to these amazing workshops um, for the entirety of the year. So there's my long, short introduction before this week's podcast. I'll probably leave this in for a couple more podcasts until we get rolling 
um, spread the word. Thank you for being here. And I love you all so much. Classic Amanda right there. Didn't even tell you where to find the workshops. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Just go to my website. You will see in the work with me section, Together Out Loud Workshops. I'll also put a link um, in the show notes for a little while so that you can access those. But I'm really easy to find and you're really easy to private message. So if you're having any trouble, send me a message and we'll make sure you get what you need. podcast week. This, I think I say this every week, (laughs) every week is so special for real, but I feel really, really kind of like a little giddy today because I have a guest here today, Laura Weldon. She's in Ohio. I'm in Massachusetts. And I, many of you know, from listening to the podcast was a birth and postpartum doula before I entered this world of life coaching. And I was blown away when I found an article she had written about the maternal fetal cell connection. We're not going to talk a ton about that article, but I'm sure it's going to keep, we'll keep referencing it and I'll keep coming back up. Um, But I invited her to read that as a bonus podcast. So we'll release that later this week. Um, But she's such a special person and it's such a special reading that I feel like a little awestruck that I get to have her on the podcast here as a guest because I've been sharing this article with everyone since my doula days. Like I've probably shared it a hundred times. It's so crazy. Um, So welcome, Laura. That's my welcome to you. (laughs) Thank you for inviting me, Amanda. (laughs) It's so fun. Um, You know, we can say a lot about the technology world that it, you know, keeps us more distant to each other. But look at this. How cool is this? It's so fun. Um, I would like, if you don't mind, for you to just introduce yourself uh, and say who you are, what you do in the world, and why you would say yes to being on a podcast like this um, and with us today. Well, that's an essay question, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you're a very good writer, so go ahead and speak an essay. <laughs> yeah, you get to edit writing. You get to edit your I know, right? Yeah. So true. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm Laura Weldon. I live on a small farm in rural Ohio. Um, I have a background of teaching nonviolence and mm. um, working with elders and teaching on the community level. And I work as a book editor and a writer in my regular life. Oh, this I did not know. Um, let's see, I have- I might kids. have to hit you up for some editing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know what Fabulous. else- I'm um, um, unrelentingly optimistic and silly. And uh, I, I agreed to this podcast because when things sound challenging to me, I try to say yes. Mm. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful challenge for other people to take on. I love it. Is that your dog scratching or something? Yeah. Just, I heard just, it and then I just looked down. I saw you look down. It's, it's all good. We're all human here. So just <laughs> carry on puppy. Um, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, you have a lot of special things that I think are going to add to a conversation today, but um, 
I think when people listen to the bonus reading, and we'll share a link to it in the show notes for this podcast, I always found it really magical. So let's talk a little, just a tiny bit about that. I always found it so magical. And the way you, the way you describe it in your writing is like poetically scientific or scientifically poetic. I don't know, (laughs) some combination of that. And it really is. Um, I had a miscarriage and now have had an abortion. I have three living children. So it just feels so amazing to me that um, what you describe in this article that you'll read later is that their cells of all of these, like, so for me, five children, five pregnancies are in my body. Like, tell us, how did you figure this out? And why was it, was it as magical to you as it is apparently to me? (laughs) Why did you end up writing about it? (laughs) Um, This was the first birthday of any of my children that my, I wasn't with my child. And so he's off um, at college and I am missing him terribly. And I have Mm. also lost both my parents um, in the last year or two before I wrote this. So I was, I was just having that in all directions, feeling uh, that we fe- I feel so connected. And yet some of the people I'm connected to aren't alive. Mm-hmm. And some of the people I'm connected to aren't in close enough for me to hug. And um, I took my, my science nerd direction off, um, kind of following a hint of something I'd probably read in a journal or something. And the more I uncovered that, and I think we've all found that where you're following some kind of rabbit trails and you get more excited. When it it feels to me, when you encounter uh, a real truth that it just interconnects with all these other truths for you. Oh, it's so, so good. (laughs) And it's, it's kind of this full intellectual, spiritual body tingly feeling. And that's how I felt when I started to look this stuff up. Um, And I think I, I think I'd been talking about it, you know, to ad nauseum to my family. And I think they got tired about it. it. So I just wrote it all up to share it because it's just so exciting. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm likely to just like grab people and shake them to tell them about, I read this really great novel. I know, or, right? That's like, like you hear about this research, you know, and yeah. So it's better to write that than grab people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Well, I'll tell you what I've noticed. Um, it is a really special thing with knowing like that truth with my living children, but they're here too. And mine are all still under the age of 16. So they're like literally here and I get to feel connected to them in that way. Maybe it'll feel even more special when they're gone. It also felt really special to me and the people I share that article with the most are ones who've lost babies to miscarriage, like a a spontaneous abortion. It's just an unplanned, this baby wasn't meant to come to term. So I shared that over and over and over again for women I knew who'd experienced miscarriage. And it was so healing for all of them. And then when I started the abortion work, which was many years after I found your article, I thought, well, shoot, this could be either really healing for someone like me, right? Like like that spiritual connection for me, I have a very spiritual connection to my abortion baby. Um, I do consider her like one of my womb children. I... Clearly, I consider her her. <laughs> I have a spiritual connection with this being. But then I felt this like 
this might not be comforting to some people after abortion. This might actually be kind of terrifying. Like those cells are inside of me. Like I can't get away from this abortion. So I kind of like, I wasn't really sure what to do with that information at that point. Like this thing that had been so awesome to me still felt awesome to me, but I was like, are other people going to think I'm crazy? And then eventually here I am like, you know, 70 podcasts later and speaking all the time about my spiritual connection to my abortion baby and recognizing how many other people feel the same way like I do. And so now I do share it in that way. But I'm curious, did you ever encounter people who this freaked out? Like this concept, they were like, this is the worst news ever. <laughs> I don't want to know this. <laughs> well, I, I deliberately included the, the little um, information about a woman whose fetal cells from an abortion were healing to her 20 years later. Yeah. Um, I, I felt that was important to include. Yeah. The pushback I have mostly gotten is from the information that says the father's input into that fetus is also part of what is circulating in you and people have oh, wow. horrific divorces or or rapes that result in a child and don't want I don't I don't even want to think about that being part of my body wow but you know the more we understand about the planet we live on the more we realize that there is no distance that we yeah. are you know we share the same air the same water that was you know from dinosaurs and before yeah there's no way we're not connected with everybody anyway yeah. this is part of why this to me is so beautiful it's proving that truth to me and if you've had a child from a very difficult circumstance you can cherish the child and not the circumstance it came through and in some ways perhaps those that tiny little microscopic bit of that uh, father floating in you is in some way helping you to make sense mm. of what happened? I have no idea. It's no way. Yeah. I, think it. I don't think we ever could. Um, we just kind of let it sit and marinate. And, and some people, I mean, I, I also learned over time and with like probably age and experience that, you know, take it or leave it. Right. If you don't like it, you mostly just leave it. You don't, most people don't like feel attached to things that they don't resonate with. So um, for those of us that resonate with this truth, it's just so, so powerful. Um, so that's really interesting. I, I'm glad I asked you the question. I never thought about that. I never thought about that, especially the piece about fathers. So interesting. I think one of the reasons it feels powerful is it kind of confirms what we already feel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that, that connection whether it feels like, I, I also, okay, here's what I think about abortion is that it invites us to do inner work that's so meaningful and so powerful and so um, empowering like for our lives, right? And mm -hmm. so I think those cells also invite us to do really powerful work of around love and experience and just the journey of life that's like both <laughs> I don't know if it's just like however many months we are into the pandemic or if it's that we're coming up on winter or if it's just that I'm in one of those down waves but I feel like I keep saying to everyone at this time in my life like everything feels like a problem 
and nothing feels like a problem. It's all like horrible and it's all beautiful. <laughs> and I guess it's kind of the same thing with, with this conversation that we're having. And that is like the essence of life is that it is, it's so beautiful and so complicated and sometimes so horrific all at the same time. Right, yeah. right. I, I guess talking about this brings up some other things people have mentioned. And one is that if you're having a difficult relationship with a child in their, I have a friend who's, um, who's got a child who's estranged from her right now, which is profoundly mm. grievous. I can't imagine. And for her to think that no matter where her daughter is walking in the world, whether she even knows that, the daughter's cells are with her. And of course, you know, her mother made her body. So, and it's not, you know, it's the connection is still there. And in some ways it also resonates with adoption because so many of my friends who've been adopted feel like, you know, their bodies were created as some kind of product that was then handed to somebody else and they're severed from this biological mother and father. Yeah. When in, in this reality that this research shows, they are constantly together. Mm. Wow. That is making me think. Um, I also know people who are estranged from their children. And it's, it's a hard thing to watch from the outside, especially as a mother who still has non-adult children, like to imagine that that could be the reality someday. But what an invitation to heal that relationship, whether it means staying apart or together, right? But to heal that inside you and to be able to love yourself and love all of those cells that are in you, including that of your children. Um, that feels like a really amazing like way to physically decide to just unconditionally love all the parts of you and unconditionally love that child, even oh, if beautiful. they've done hurtful things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So fascinating. <laughs> Oh, so good. Um, I know that in your work, like you mentioned, um, non-violence training in schools. Um, and also you mentioned some like trauma work and intuitive work that you do in your life. Do you have any wisdom in, in those parts of your life that might be helpful to share with my listeners, mostly who've already had an abortion or multiple abortions? Some who are just found out they're pregnant, they found the podcast and they're listening and they're trying to decide what to do. But I feel like I invited you because I was so blown away by that article, but I feel like you also have wisdom to add to these, to this conversation and this, the complexity of what abortion means. Wow, well, that's a really big question, isn't it? More essays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I felt like there were a bunch of questions inside that question too. Oh yeah, there always are. <laughs> so um, from what I'm slowly learning about embodied wisdom is we, in, in our culture, we're very much about the brain. And in fact, just one side mm -hmm. of the brain. The rest of you is not relevant. It's just, you know, logic and, and facts and that sort of thing. And we've, we're untaught from early childhood to, um, to listen to our whole selves mm. and to 
you know, we've got so much wisdom in there and we know now that decisions are made um, along the, the route of the vagus nerve and through the whole um, gut system yeah. before they get to your head. Your head, your mind makes sense of it, but your body has already made choices and steered you. And we need to reclaim that. Mm. And, and I mean that as an answer to this question, because when you are having a, a pregnancy choice, um, and, and some of that is, is termination because it's not right for your life. And sometimes it's termination because the, the fetus isn't well. Yeah. And I, I think that it's so much more helpful for us to pull out of that thinking, 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 which circles around into worry and regret and blame and fear and all of those things. And to, to root ourselves back in our bodies and mm-hmm. see what our bodies have to say and and your body may be saying this is the wrong time, or your body body may be saying I'm I'm open to it. Mm. And you can feel that. I mean, there's especially the more you pay attention, you'll get to know the tightness in your throat or the grip in your stomach or yeah. the the whole body relief that feels you know like warm all through yourselves. And the more you practice that, the more you can make really vital decisions like that. Mm. Oh my gosh, so so true. Um, I think like, you know, we're, I I know that people will listen to this podcast for many years to come, but we're recording in 2020 and, um, there's such a disconnect in the world between the mind and the body and any way you can, I love the word you use to reclaim, to reclaim that connection is such a beautiful thing. So other than getting, quiet like let's say I have a feeling like anger or resentment or blame um one way to reclaim that would be to just close my eyes and like feel into my body and like accept wisdom or just accept feeling or just be with it do you what else are your tools like what tools do you Um, use for making that connection very, very basically um, you know, we fight our bodies all the time and now I'm not just talking about appearance or health. I'm talking about, you know, there's things that well up in us and we fight it back. I'm going to be positive. We tell ourselves, or I'm going to journal about this, or I'm going to, you know, it'll be, I can handle this, whatever it is, I can handle it. And, um, it's so much more powerful to say to ourselves, I, I, I see you and I recognize you migraine and I'm open to what you have to say to me, mm-hmm. or I, I feel you nausea and I acknowledge your presence and your power over me. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm asking you, you know, what I can learn from this. And I have a quick example, which, um, I have crappy posture and I oh, have tried to, fight this, <laughs> tried to fight this for years, but especially in my editing life, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hunched over a keyboard and we, we know that the posture of hunching over your screen is actually the posture of depression. You actually are flooding yourself with oh my gosh. These, these feelings of, I mean, your, your, your mood often follows your body. Yeah. So it's, it's important to me to sit up straight mm. and um, I had like this crick in my neck and I was feeling really crappy. And I thought, wait a minute, I read about, and I talk about, and I write about like this embodied wisdom and I am fight- what I'm doing is fighting it. I'm fighting. I'm trying to remind myself to sit up. There are little apps for your phone that will remind you to sit up yes. There's all sorts of stuff you can do. So 
what I did is I welcomed it and I let myself go into this full slump, you know, head forward, shoulders forward. And I just, you know, my jaw was practically on my keyboard. And frighteningly, I reminded myself of like a, um, a dying body or a skeleton, wow. you know, not able to hold yourself up. And I was, I was filled with this recognition that I had the posture of my father when he was dying. Mm. And, you oh know, my, my, mother always, my mother told him to straighten up his whole life. You know, she'd remind mm. him or she kind of like mm-hmm. straighten up herself. And um, I mean, this is a much larger realization than I can talk about right now. But what's interesting is the probably the 45 seconds that I just had this kind of awful slump over my keyboard it's almost as if my body felt recognized and I had this, oh this energizing flood of, you know, we are mind and body together here. Yeah. And honestly, for days after those 45 seconds or so, I felt almost like a light going up my spine. It was effortless to stand and walk and move without this desire to hunch. I probably need to do this again but that's just a tiny example of really paying attention and really asking your body what it's trying to show you you know my body I think was talking a little bit about my grief over my dad and it was talking about kind of ancestral worthlessness which comes with my family line we all have some ancestral issues and um it's amazing what you can do if you just let your body tell you what it wants to tell you that's that is such a beautiful story So essentially, like you're saying, we as human beings, and there's this weird place in like the spiritual growth world where we actually end up running away from the pain, right? It was because we're like, like you said earlier, like I can fix this. I can journal my way out of this. I can, I can take back my power. And it's sometimes a really confusing line of when to feel and when to, when to, push through and when to all the things and that example is such a beautiful beautiful like visual of what it looks like to lean into the feeling like almost it was reminding me of do you know continuum movement I do not so continuum movement is like I don't know a ton about it I've taken a class or two and I have a friend who who this is her life's work but um it's essentially just like being in a space, maybe it's sitting at your keyboard and in an almost exaggerated, but like fully enveloped way, feel like let your body move. So your arm might like just rise into the air or your leg might like shake, or you might decide to roll or, but it's this concept of like, just letting your body work its stuff out and like physically like you said like hunching over so much that like you were opening the doors to like what was being shared um so it was reminding me of that practice I don't I like uh I like the word continuous movement and um because I'm a strange person I used to get in trouble as a kid for uh flapping my wings because I was a nice. I don't know what I was a fairy I just you know i I recall like some Sunday school teacher really gave me a load of crap about it when I was maybe five. Um, And I 
I go around and I flap my wings all the time at home. Oh and, my God, you know, that's you, fabulous. you get some full hawk-like flaps or you do some, and then I pull my wings in in the hallway and then I'm flapping again. And um, it makes me feel good. It makes me oh embrace how, you know, the, the child that wasn't allowed to flap her wings. So wow. um, I don't, I don't do it in public, although I have danced in parking lots, which really is a great way to keep your kids in line. Like, whatever, mom, just don't dance in the parking lot. <laughs> Anything but the flapping. <laughs> That's reminding me of when infants are born, they do a lot of like twitching and movement. There's this like, and that same twitching and movement happens in death. So mm -hmm. like in birth work and hospice work, there's this like uninhibited like um, release of movement in the body and it's part of the transition right like it's part of ooh, <laughs> right it's part of coming into the world into a human body and for those first few weeks like especially the first few days but those first few weeks, like you're still coming in, like you're not fully here, like you're figuring out how to get here. And there's a lot of just like random, almost spasmic movement. Um, and then the same thing happens when you're leaving, when you're going out. I've never done hospice work, but I've seen, um, I've been around people in that stage. And I, I never connected the two. That's fascinating really fascinating but again like that mind body connection and it's so natural to us when we're infants and we don't have all the words and the language and the social influence and the like care right like the humanness <laughs> the brain humanness at least and then when we're going out like the last thing we're concerned about is like the social yeah. awareness and the you know what are people thinking or all of that it's just like you let your body move like it needs to 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 make that transition. I did a, um, I did a weird <laughs> thing um, when my first child was, I don't know, maybe five, six weeks old. Yeah. And, and we, you know, those of us who've had children understand how strangely all consuming this early motherhood thing is. I, I'd never looked so long into one person's eyes in my life as I had mm. in those five or six weeks, you know, all you're doing is tending to them, their every need and giving your body over to them. And, you know, he was still foreign to me in some ways because of this tongue thrusting and the jerky movements yeah. and the, you know, the gaze that moved around and all this kind of stuff. So I did this weird thing where I laid him on the carpet next to me and I laid down next to him and everything he did, I imitated, mm -hmm. you know, with the spastic movements and the eye mm -hmm. rolling and the tongue and the bubbles and the little mm noises and the darting eyes. and, and and um, I just, I wanted to understand him. I wanted oh to- Oh my gosh, I chills. <laughs> and what it did is it, um, it made me feel like I could re-accept my baby body that we've, you wow. know, we've sat still and behaved ourselves and, mm. and done the right thing and used a fork and, you know, all the stuff we had to do since we were babies. And I felt this enormous freedom to be him. I felt very accepting mm. of my baby self. And I felt like I had this, this little epiphany that, you know, I saw myself at 22 mom of a new baby. And here's this, you know, little tiny thing. And I saw us as completely equal. His, his soul is just as large as mine, just wow. because his body is little. Right. I, just, I felt like I got up changed from just 
doing that one time. That's amazing. I hope that people listening, I'm done having babies. Hence the, uh, this entire <laughs> work, life's work. <laughs> but I hope that there's listeners who go on to have babies and remember that. That is so beautiful. So beautiful. And something you said about what well, you said about your baby body, right? Um, I do notice that a lot of people have a change in their body after abortion, even in early, even in early termination, their body changes, right? There's like hormonal changes, there's emotional changes. Um, for some people, especially if it's like a subsequent pregnancy, there's quick weight gain at the beginning. And that is a conversation I see a lot is, you know, I didn't even want this pregnancy. I didn't keep this pregnancy and I'm still like my body changed. And maybe one of the ways that we can work through some of that is to just like, I don't know, continuum movement, kind of like get in, get back into your body and ask it what it needs or let it move or let it cry. I spent a lot of time in a fetal position after my abortion, <laughs> like mm. more than any other um, grief I'd experienced. And it was just what I needed. Like it was rugged. It was really, really rugged. Um, but I gave myself permission to just, just be like, you gave yourself permission as a new mom to lay on the floor and just be a weirdo. <laughs> I feel like I kind of did the same thing, but yeah, interesting. Wow, good stuff. Um, anything else you feel called to share with a listener? Um, we've had a great conversation so far, so we can definitely wrap up, but sometimes there's little lingering messages that come through. Um, well, I could tell you about my baby, Eleanor. And um, I, got, I got pregnant with, um, I had to do some crying and cajoling to get uh, my husband to agree to a fourth child. Uh. I really could have had some more after that. <laughs> but, um, but, I, but I talked him into this uh, last baby. Mm. Um, and we had not, quote unquote, tried yet. Um, when I had some kind of horrific physical problem, um, I, I actually drove myself to the hospital, left my three little kids at home, you know, with them, with my mother-in-law and drove myself to the hospital. I felt so bad. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, you know what? You're pregnant. And uh, it's just some people, you know, react to pregnancy that way. And they sent me home and I spent almost two weeks unable to eat. And I would have these attacks of pain that were so bad that I didn't want the kids to worry. So I'd pretend I was picking something up off the floor instead of just, um, bending and <laughs> right and um after a while I got my doctor concerned and he started taking these uh pregnancy hormone tests like every couple days and um I, I thought for a while I was dying I thought wow. you know nobody's gonna raise these children um I was just I just got where it was really hard to even move it turned out I had an, a burst ectopic pregnancy wow. that had burst my ovary oh, so I was just like full of full of blood this is and I had this beautiful young doctor with dreadlocks at when I finally went to the hospital. And he said, uh, mothers are the most difficult to diagnose because they don't even recognize often how bad things are because mm. they're thinking about the nursing baby and they're thinking about the toddler. And, you know, perhaps that was the case for me. Yeah. 
But this little baby to me was Eleanor. And I almost, I had felt at one point that she was there as a pregnancy to warn me that I had some horrific disease, you know, because anyway, I, I ended up having this emergency surgery and it was very complicated. And that's, I was told it would be hard to get pregnant the next time Mm. because I had all this scar tissue and I got pregnant in in a few months with my, with my beautiful Samuel Mm. who, um, who on the ultrasound, because I would try to minimize ultrasound. So I only got the one early ultrasound and they told me it was a girl. I'm like, Oh, Eleanor's back. This is, this wow. is <laughs> and um, it wasn't until he was born that we found out it was, it was Sam, wow. who I wrote this mother and child article about. Oh and, my goodness. Uh, the doctor, my obstetrician came in when I was holding this baby a couple hours later, and he had this really weird look on his face. And he said, do you know what day it is? I'm like, it is my baby's birthday. And he said, your baby was born uh, exactly a year after we did the surgery. And he was born when I closed you up at the same time. He went and looked my records up. I chills again. I, so I still. What, what kind of doctor would notice that, first of all? That's really an amazing doctor. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The whole thing was, the whole thing was very strange. And I wow. think the world is awesome and complicated and mysterious mm-hmm. in ways that we cannot understand. And yeah. so I did, I did lose whoever that little person was. Um, but I, I felt like I got this resounding message that yeah. everything's meant to be. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we're so funny as humans about our, about our gender, right? Like, oh, it couldn't have been the same baby because it was, that was a girl and this is a boy and right. But like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? May I ask you then, was it always very natural for you to have a spiritual, like, connection almost relationship with Eleanor or or was that something that was a little strange to to embark on at first I'm I'm pretty open about that sort of thing so um you know I still feel like she's out there she hasn't been born yet is how I feel about it you know and if I do you wonder if she'll come back as a grandchild wouldn't that be awesome I wonder wonder that about Grace sometimes yeah. I wonder, I wonder if she might come back in the same family or if this is just her work is, you know, my work is, is through her. That's how she's here. But, yeah. oh, I but like I that. do wonder that sometimes about grandbabies, that would be yeah. so wild. Well, and I think it, whatever that, whatever that feeling is, if you truly feel that is your, your little grace come back. Um, I think that is for us, you know, it's not for yeah. us to share with that baby that we feel yeah yeah but it's however I will say I do now think actually this was in there's an episode on my podcast where a medium um did a reading of the abortion baby and um I asked her I keep meaning to go back and listen to that again I asked her because I had a miscarriage and I never felt like it just felt so normal and physical and like I was sad, but I just never felt like deeply connected to that baby the way I did this one in a, in a loss way. And I, I think it's because that's my son who came 10 years later. (laughs) I think he came back. I think he was the miscarriage baby. And he was like, change my mind. I'm not ready. Cause this is so his personality. He's like, I'm not ready. Never mind. I'm out of here. 
And then 10 years later, he's like, okay, now I'm ready. I'm here. I gotcha. <laughs> but I, I always thought it was interesting that I didn't feel connected to that soul, that energy, the way I did to this abortion. Um, and I think that's why. I think that like, well, as soon as that made sense to me, I was like, oh, I don't feel a loss because he's here now. <laughs> he's running around my house. Um, well, and that's powerful because you're accepting your intuition. Yeah. Why any of us wouldn't accept that feeling is. Yeah. Cause there were moments where I, I felt bad. I almost felt bad that I didn't have a connection to that miscarriage. It wasn't as grief inducing. And then I'd have to just remind myself, just let it be what it is. Let it be what it is. And eventually it all started clicking. But um, I will say that I have always wished that we were the kind of species, and I know there's some in the animal world, that can um, hang on to a little zygote for months or years until it's a better time for it to be born. Oh it would be God. so handy. And if evolution could get on that, <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> just stop dividing for a moment I'll keep carrying you after I move or meet a good man or graduate from college or whatever oh you know my goodness. Yeah. wow who knows what the human species will evolve into well it's been lovely lovely thank you for sharing yourself and your stories and your wisdom um and yeah I I love that we we met in person the mystery writer. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amanda. Yeah, have a great afternoon. And oh, if listeners wanted to find you, if they felt like really connected to something you shared, are you open to that? I am open to that. I have um, a website at lauragraceweldon.com. I have three books out. Oh, I forgot that it was Laura Grace. That's okay. my, that's my baby. Grace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there. That was look my at, mama too. Look at that, another connection. <laughs> um, beautiful. So if they head to your website, which I'll I'll link up, and you just said lauragraceweldon.com, they can they can connect with you if there's something that felt like they needed to share. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda. All right. Until the next time. And bye bye. Thanks for listening, and as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice 